Hi, my name is Brad Constantine, and this is a podcast of the New Testament. I'll be using as the text the King James Version, along with the Joseph Smith Translation. Although this is not an official recording of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, every effort's been made to be as doctrinally accurate as possible. I'll also be using quotes from general authorities of the Church, the Apostles and Prophets, and BYU professors and others, and uh, every word out of the Scriptures themselves. So if you're ready for a really detailed analysis of the New Testament, you've come to the right place. Welcome. Hi, this is going to be for John chapter 5. I'm going to read the heading to the chapter here. It says, John heals an invalid on the Sabbath. Why men must honor the Son. Jesus promises to take gospel to the dead. Man is resurrected, judged, assigned his glory by the Son, and Jesus obeys divine law of witnesses. All righty, verse 1. Jesus again attends the Passover at Jerusalem. After this, there was a feast... In the Greek manuscripts of the Gospels, it reads the feast, implicitly the Passover. Some earlier manuscripts do not make this identification. Anyway, after this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. This is the second Passover that Jesus attends as uh, during his ministry. Jesus heals on the Sabbath, verse 2. Now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, or in Aramaic it's called House of Mercy, having five porches. In these porches lay a great many impotent folk of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first after the troubling of the water stepped in, it was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. Probably the result of a siphon karst spring plowing into the pool, causing bubbling at the surface. And that's by verse by verse. Verse 5, And a certain man was there who had an infirmity thirty and eight years. And Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been now a long time afflicted. And he said unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? The impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool. But when I am come, when I am coming, another steppeth down before me. How mean of these people to, to witness this guy sitting by the pool this whole time, 38 years, and nobody's there to help him get in. You'd think that somebody would say, ah, oh, go ahead, you've been here a long time. But no, they, they don't. How selfish and self-centered these people are. There I am judging, aren't I? Sorry about that. I probably shouldn't have said that. Verse 8, Jesus saith unto him, Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. And immediately the man was made whole, and took up his bed, and walked on the Sabbath day. Some have been burdened by sins, by spiritual diseases for so great a time that they begin to lose hope of escape, as did the man by the pool. Then suddenly, without solicitation, the Savior came, and he was made clean and whole. Surely the Savior will do the same for all those who build faith and wait patiently for him, for his help and assistance. And that was by uh, Ted Gibbons. Verse 10, The Jews therefore said unto him who was cured, It is the Sabbath day, it is not lawful for thee to carry thy bed. Many Jews of today are just as militant about making sure everyone around them observes the Sabbath as in Jesus' day. He answered them, who made, the, who made me whole, said unto me, Take up thy bed and walk. Then answered they him, saying, What man is he who said unto thee, Take up thy bed and walk? And he that was healed knew not who it was, for Jesus had conveyed himself away, a multitude being in the place. Afterward, Jesus findeth him in the temple, and said unto him, Behold, thou art made whole. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come unto thee. The healing of the invalid man is a sign that Jesus, as the Christ, has the power to heal man both, to heal man from sin. Jesus forgave the man when he healed him. The invalid man was given spiritual life. 
Verse 15, the man departed and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had made him whole. And therefore did the Jews persecute Jesus and sought to slay him because he had done these things on the Sabbath day. Jesus does only the works of his father. Verse 17, but Jesus answered them, my father, Jesus is here attesting that he is the son of God, worketh hitherto and I work. The Father is the author of the plan of salvation. He ordained the laws whereby his spirit offspring might progress and become like him. That was from Joseph Smith. Jesus is then the executioner of the plan. Verse 18, Therefore the Jews sought the more to kill him, because he had not only broken the Sabbath, but also said that God was his Father, making himself equal with God. Then answered Jesus and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, The Son can do nothing of himself but what he seeth the Father do. For what things soever he doeth, these also doeth the Son likewise. Joseph Smith, what did Jesus do? Why, I do the things that I saw my I saw the Father do when worlds came into existence. I saw the Father work out a kingdom with fear and trembling, and I can do the same. And when I get my kingdom worked out and will present it to the Father, and it will exalt his glory, and Jesus steps into his tracks to inherit what God did before. That was from the King Follett Discourse by Joseph Smith. Verse 20, For the Father loveth the Son, and showeth him all things that himself doeth, and he will show him greater works than these that ye may marvel. Greater works than these are coming. What greater works does the Savior mean uh, in these verses? In other words, he's been doing mighty miracles. How, are, how is it that we can also do more than him? For as the Father raiseth up the dead, or causes to become alive, and quickeneth them, even so the Son quickeneth whom he will. For the Father judgeth no man, but hath committed all judgment unto the Son, that all should honor the Son, even as they honor the Father. He who honoreth not the Son, honoreth not the Father, who hath sent him. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he who heareth my word, and believeth on him who sent me, hath everlasting life, and shall not come into, con into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the hour is coming, and now is, when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God, and they who hear shall live. He announces that the, that the long-promised hour has, arri has almost arrived, when the Son of God shall, be shall go personally to the spirits in prison, preach the gospel to them, organize his kingdom among them, and send forth legal administrators to preach repentance, and in all things prepare the way for the great work of salvation for the dead. That was by Bruce R. McConkie. Verse 26, For as the Father hath life in himself, so hath he given to the Son to have life in himself, and hath given him authority to execute judgment also, because he is the Son of Man. Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming, in the which all who are in the graves shall hear his voice, and shall come forth, and they who have done good in the resurrection of the just, and they who have done evil in the resurrection of the unjust. Elder McConkie said, it is, the, it is meditation upon this verse that caused the prophet Joseph F. Smith to receive the vision of the degrees of glory. Oh, that was, I'm sorry, that was Joseph Smith that, that, that read this uh, in regards to section 76. Joseph Smith called the ensuing revelation um, a transcript from the records of the eternal world. Verse 30, and shall be judged of the Son of Man, for as I hear, I judge, and my judgment is just, for I am, for I can of myself do, no, do nothing, because I seek not mine own will, but the will of the Father who, who hath sent me. Therefore, if I bear witness of myself, my witness is, uh, is true, for I am not alone. There is another who beareth witness of me, and I know that the witness, or that the testimony which he giveth of me is true. 
The Father bore witness of Jesus. Jesus obeyed the law of witnesses. John mentions four witnesses as proof of his divinity. First, John the Baptist. Second, my works. Third, the Father. And fourth, the Scriptures. Yet uh, ye sent unto John, and he bare witness also unto the truth. And he received not his testimony of man, but of God. And ye yourselves say that he is a prophet. Therefore ye ought to receive his testimony. These things I say that ye might be saved. And he was a burning and shining light, and ye were willing for a season to rejoice in his light. But I have a greater witness than the testimony of John. For the works which the Father hath given me to finish, the same works that I do, bear witness of me that the Father hath sent me. And the Father himself, who sent me, hath borne witness of me. And verily I testify unto you that ye have never heard his voice at any time, nor seen his shape. For ye have not his word abiding in you, and him whom he hath sent, ye believe not. Search the scriptures, for in them ye ye think ye have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. Gospel scholarship is woefully lacking, both in the church and in the world. There is only a handful of people now living who have an intelligent and comprehensive working knowledge of the records of the recorded revelations. None know as much as they should. Many of the rising generation in the church take the gospel and its truths for granted without ever coming to a personal knowledge of the basic doctrines of salvation. That was by Bruce R. McConkie. Jesus rebuked and condemned the unbelieving Jews, saying, in a sense, that they searched the scriptures because in them they thought they had eternal life, but the scriptures testified of him. The Greek text itself suggests the following translation in modern terms, just knowing the scriptures, you mistakenly think you have eternal life. In truth, the rabbis taught that study of the words in scripture brought eternal life. Hillel says, he who had he who has acquired words of Torah has acquired for himself the life of the world to come. Jesus is contradicting the erroneous rabbinic notion and saying, essentially, that if they really understood the words of life and had the accompanying spirit with them, they would have recognized him on whom all the scriptures testify. That was by uh, Ogden and Skinner in verse by verse. Verse 40, And ye will not come to me that ye might have life, lest ye should honor me. I receive not honor from men, but I know, I know you, that ye have not the love of God in you. I am come in my Father's name, and ye receive me not. If another shall come in his own name, him ye, he, him ye will receive. How can ye believe? All, how can ye believe who seek honor one of another, and seek not the honor which cometh from God only? Do not think that I will accuse you to the Father. There is Moses who accuseth you, in whom ye trust. For had ye believed Moses, ye would have believed me, for he wrote of me. But if ye believe not his writings, how shall ye believe my words? So that's the end of John chapter 5, and we will see you next time. Bye.